The reading is taken from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15, verses 11 to 32. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to the citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a, a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the elder son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him safe, back safe and sound. The elder brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. This is the word of the Lord. Hi everyone, it's lovely to be here with you. I'm just going to grab a stand here to put my laptop on. And the first thing I want you to do is pray that this stand doesn't fall down. Because it did happen in the midweek service once. So Here we go. So I'm Evan, I'm one of the interns here at the church, so I'm going to be here for the next year, 
And I'm talking about this amazing story that was read. It's the prodigal son. And this story is really a story of a lost son who was found again. But what we'll actually find later throughout the talk is, is actually a story of two very lost sons and how the father is always positioned in a posture of welcoming love towards us. Through this compassion and understanding, um, through, through understanding the compassion of the father, we can begin to understand how we can be compassionate to ourselves and therefore more effectively be compassionate to others. So let me just pray that the welcoming and loving nature of the Father would be felt by us tonight. Lord, I thank you for the baptism of David and Amy and the symbol of new life that that is in your church. And we just pray that um, through this story, you'd really reveal to us your welcoming nature, your loving nature to us, and that we'd feel your warm presence with us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. I like to structure my talks in a nice, clear structure because I find it quite difficult to listen to talks. So we're going to be talking about the younger brother first. Should I come up on the screen? Maybe. And then the older brother, and then what that teaches us about being compassionate towards ourselves, looking after ourselves. So the story starts with the younger brother asking for his inheritance. You can take that away now, Dan. That's all right. With the youngest brother asking for his inheritance early from the father, while the father is still alive. So it's, it's pretty rude. But amazingly, the father responds to the younger son's request and lets him make his own response, which was just completely unheard of at the time, culturally unacceptable. So the younger son goes away, and he squanders his wealth in wild living and on prostitutes. And he, become, he comes to the point where he's impoverished. His life is in ruins. He has no possessions. He has no friends. And he's starving. And it's only at this point that he begins to realize what a fool he's been. So he comes up with a plan. He plans to go back to the father and say, Father, I am not worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. Now, a hired man worked in the town, okay, and he earned a wage. So he's not saying, I want to be a slave. He's actually saying, I want to pay you back, Father. I want to earn my way back into the family, back into his community, his home. So he travels back towards his home, and the father sees him coming from afar, and what does the father do? Well, of course, he thinks to himself, well, this better be good. I hope he doesn't bring COVID back with him. <laughs> Except he doesn't say that, does he? He doesn't think that. He was filled with compassion for him. He ran to him. Now, running was culturally inappropriate for the elderly people in the family, you know, the men of the family to do. So this would have been, um, you know, embarrassing for him, but he doesn't care. He just runs to him and he throws his arms around the younger son. Now the son tries to roll out his restitution plan and the father cuts his prepared speech short and he, and he calls his servants. He says, quickly, put the best robe on him, put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. 
Now, the ring is significant here because it would have had the family seal on it, okay? And what this means is that the younger son has been reconciled. He's been granted acceptance back as a full member of the family. So what's happened is the son has said, I want to earn my way back. I'm going to pay you, father. But the father has none of it. By sheer grace, he grants his acceptance. And then the father throws a magnificent feast to commemorate the day that the younger son has come home. Everyone in this room reflects traits of the younger brother. We all want the things that the father provides for us. But sometimes we don't want the father himself. We want our independence. We want to live our lives the way we want to live them. And we believe that this will bring us true happiness. Obviously, the father in this story is, represents God. And I can tell you that the only way to achieve true happiness in this world, true satisfaction, is through coming home to him. Fortunately, some of us do come home. And what this story is telling us is that no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter how awful the things you've done, and even if you just feel like you, you, you only come to God when you need him the most, if you come back, God is going to accept you. He's going to embrace you before you even think of coming home. The Father is postured towards you. He's not disappointed in you. He's, he wants to welcome you into his family. But sometimes, like the younger brother, we say, I'm not worthy. I want to earn my way back. You know, I want to pull this together myself. But the father has none of it. Instead, he confers sonship onto the younger brother. It's a status he, that he's securing. It's a stand-in. He's accepted at no cost to the son, but only at the cost of the father. So that's the younger son. We're accepted at no cost. Now Jesus introduces another character into the story, and that's the older brother. Now, the older brother's yet to hear of the younger son's um, return. But when he finds out about the, the party that's been thrown, he's furious. In fact, he's so angry, he, refused, he refuses to join in with the feast. And then the father comes out and pleads with him. But the older brother is abrasive. He says, look, all these years I've been slaving for you. I've never disobeyed you. And when this son that squandered your property comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. I'm not coming in. Notice how he refuses to even acknowledge the younger son as his brother. He just says, this son of yours. Does this seem like a fair reaction to you? I mean, the older brother has been slaving away for years, obeying the father. Kind of makes sense, maybe. But what, was it, what were the older brother's intentions when slaving away? Well, the younger son's inheritance is gone, okay? And so by implication, the father's wealth, which the younger son is adding to, uh, sorry, the older son is adding to through his hard work, 
will one day all belong to the older son. Also, the older son is saying, you never gave me a fattened calf. You never even gave me a young goat to celebrate with. So the older brother is angry because he's trying to earn his way to receiving from the father. He's only obeying the father because he wants some kind of a reward for his service. He's not obeying the father out of love. But of course, we've seen this before. We've learned from the younger brother that you can't earn your way to receiving gifts from the father. He just accepted him into the family. He didn't do anything. He didn't let him earn his way. So the older brother is misunderstanding his relationship with the father. He doesn't have a true relationship with him. And now he's causing a scene. He's, he's alienated himself from the father. He's just as lost as the younger brother. So just like I said, it's a story of two lost sons. So what does that mean for us? Well, I think it means that we should be careful to notice why we are serving God. Are we serving him and spending time with him through, you know, reading the Bible and praying to him and serving in groups at church? Because we want to tick some boxes and gain God's approval and, you know, receive gifts from him? Or are we doing it because we want to know the Father, resemble the Father and love him? That's the older brother, serving God for the wrong reasons. Now, third point, what does this story teach us about looking after yourselves, about self-compassion? The father, out of his love, decides to take the younger son back into his family. But this is at the expense of his own resources. And as we discussed, the father's wealth is related to the older son's wealth through his inheritance. So it's also at the expense of the older son. So the older brother is angered by this, but the father softly reminds him, he says, my son, you are always with me. Everything I have is yours. I've provided everything you need. You're, you're also invited to the feast so that you're in a fit position to look after the younger brother with me. I'm personally susceptible to saying yes to too many things, and it means that um, I, I can't look, I can't do the individual tasks to the best of my abilities because I don't have the resources. I'm not looking after myself properly. For example, in my first term of university, I went to over eight, well, actually, no, it was 18 societies um, because I couldn't say no at the societies for it, okay? Serious problem. But last October, someone who I didn't know came up to me and said they believed that God had a story for me. So I was a little bit confused. But he said there was a sheepdog rounding up a flock of sheep. And he was rounding them up around a well. And each sheep waddled up to the well and had a, had a drink. And all the while, the sheepdog was running around like a lunatic making sure that every sheep had its fair share, almost to a frantic extent. Then the shepherd comes up to the, the sheepdog, and the sheepdog looks up at the father, 
kind of expectant. And the shepherd just says to him, he looks, well, first of all, he lays a hand on his head and gives him a little fuss, you know, strokes his dog. But then he says to him, now you drink. These last two years have been really difficult for those who are responsible for the care of others. If you're responsible for looking after perhaps a relative or a friend, then you know it can be exhausting at times. You know, rounding up the sheep, looking after the sheep, just like the sheepdog. It's hard work, especially if you have a family to look after. But maybe sometimes when you're slaving away, rounding up the flock, Maybe sometimes you start to become a little bit bitter, like the older brother. You know, why do I need to uh, work myself to the point of exhaustion looking after these sheep? But just like the older brother who is in the family with the father by his side, I think we can sometimes forget that if we've come home, then we're also part of the family. We have what we need to look after the younger brother, effectively. We also need to drink from the well, just like the sheepdog did. So what I'm saying is, is sometimes we need to prioritize ourselves so that we can effectively look after others. And on a practical level of being part of the family of God, just like the older brother, this means going to God, first and foremost, in prayer, because lots of us will know that he answers prayer in radical ways. But also, God teaches us that we need rest. We need to cut out hurry that this life brings. And also, we need to stop saying yes to everything like I do. And out of humility, ask for help. Utilize the family that we have, the family of God, the church community. So take time for yourself. So you can look after others. And, you know, Andy was talking about the well-being course that's happening on Mondays. You know, it could be really useful to be plugged into that if you're struggling with that. God has given us what we need. Everything I have is yours. So look after yourself. So there we are. Our, um, when you inevitably diverge from God's plan, like the younger brother, or if you're serving God for the wrong reasons um, or becoming embittered when serving like the older brother, you can be assured that the Father will welcome you with open arms. He'll accept you. He's not disappointed in you. That's, that's the important thing. He's not disappointed in you. I mean, when the older brother was kicking off, the father gently says to him, my son is affectionate. You are always with me. Everything I have is yours. Drink from the well. You have what you need to look after yourself. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now is found. Our God delights in us. He is patient with us and he's postured towards us and only through him can we find true happiness and satisfaction he wants you to come home let's pray lord i thank you that 
you are postured towards us, that your face shines upon us. We thank you that we're able to uh, go to you to seek help, and that when we, do, when we do, we are met with open arms and grace. We pray for those who are, who are not home, who don't have a relationship with you. We pray that they'd have the boldness to step out and seek you, and that when they do that, you'd meet them with your warm presence, you'd fill them with the Holy Spirit, and guide them and give them peace. In Jesus' name, amen.